Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. Episode 2, The Real King of Tory. Neville had encountered a wall of silence on Tory Island. The few snippets of information he did uncover only heightened the mystery of what had happened to his house. It was a whirlwind that took yours. It just clean sucked it up. Whoosh, just like that. I woke in the middle of the night. The room was all lit up in fiery colours. Ah, Neville, it'd be better if you didn't ask questions about that. After leaving Tory, Neville took his search for answers to the mainland of Ireland. The reason he came back from New Zealand in the first place was a letter from Donegal County Council informing him that his house had been damaged in a storm. So he decides to visit the council offices in the town of Lifford. Of course, Mr Presham. You're entitled to see any correspondence relating to your property. Give me a wee second and I'll fish it out. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. I've asked that many people what happened to my house and nobody's given me a straight answer. It's absolutely infuriating. One says this, the other says that. You wouldn't know who to trust. Anything you have is invaluable. It sounds like you've had a real time of it. I hope we can help you out today. Now, here you go. There's your file, everything we have about the house in Torrey. I'm happy to go through it with you. Those first few letters are from Islanders. They're mostly complaining that stones and rubble from the house were blocking the road. That one there is particularly interesting. Dear Pat, as per our conversation of earlier today, I would be obliged if you could clear the blocked county road on Torrey Island as soon as possible using the excavator which you have available on site. And look... Here's a bit about pushing the stone debris to the side where the derelict building is. That's my house they're talking about. Charlie Cannon's a county council man. But do you know this fella Pat he's writing to? That'll be Patrick Doohan. He owns the new hotel now. The big fancy one behind my house. Hold on. Can I just check this date's correct? 19th of January, 1994. Yes, that looks right to me. But it doesn't add up. They told me the house burnt down a year before that. What's Patrick Doohan up to clearing away rubble a full year on? Why on earth would a house that burnt down collapse all the way out into the road? Is there anything else in that folder? I'm sorry, Mr Presho. That's it, I'm afraid. There should be more. You're supposed to keep records of things like this. How am I ever going to get to the truth if nobody will tell me what happened? By now, Neville is in a bad way, psychologically. He's drinking a lot, he's started smoking, he can't sleep. His anxious search for answers is in stark contrast to the peace he had originally found on Tory. During his career as a documentary filmmaker, he would work himself to exhaustion for long periods, returning regularly to Tory for peace and quiet. That's why Neville decided to buy the house in the first place, unusual for an outsider. Well, I just like the place so much that... You know, I wanted to to have a place I could live there for a while. And the house was directly above the harbour. He bought the house from an elderly couple who had moved away from the island. Houses don't come up for sale very often on Tory. But before Neville could move in, there was a strange incident. They left the house, you know, fully furnished with everything in it. And a relation of theirs, when they heard that they were selling it, 
took everything outside and burnt it. It could have been a family feud or the fact that it was a non-islander that was, was buying it. I, I really don't know. On places like that, sort of family feuds can, can go on for generations. This seemed to be an isolated incident, though, and Neville felt warmly welcomed by the islanders. You know, I never sort of experienced any animosity. I think because I'd made the film. Now, he found himself in a nightmare. He faced a wall of silence on the island about what had happened to his house. There were frustrating clues. A fire that no one would talk about. Letters about dangerous rubble on the road. In the two months after leaving Tory, Neville travelled all over Ireland in search of clues, like a blue-arsed fly, he would say later. But it led nowhere. Hello? It's just me, love. How are you? How's the kids? Never mind how the kids are, Neville. Where the hell are you? It's been three days. I haven't heard anything from you. I've been going up the walls. I'm still in Donegal. I've a few leads on the house I want to look into. I've not made much progress yet. Nobody's talking. No surprises there. But I have a few more people I want to track down. I might be on to something here. You're not bloody Columbo, Neville. You're not going to get anywhere by yourself. Did you phone the solicitor like I told you? Yes. He wasn't that helpful, to be honest. I don't really rate him myself. Sorry, I didn't catch that. Rachel's gone and she's had me up all night with her teeth. Is he going to take your case on? No. Like I said, he wasn't very helpful. He said I wasn't making sense. He was actually quite rude. He had his secretary call me and say I wasn't to be hounding him anymore. I wasn't hounding him. Honestly, I was just trying to explain about the house. I'm always trying to explain, but nobody wants to listen to me. I'm starting to think it's a conspiracy. Oh, Neville, I want you to be honest with me. Are you drinking again? You don't sound like yourself. No. Well, yes. I'm having one or two. Just to unwind. Nothing for you to worry about. I am worried, Neville. You're really starting to worry me. I will be home the very second I get this house sorted. I promise you that. And you're not to worry about me. I'm completely grand. You're not grand, Neville. You're obsessed. You spend more time thinking about that bloody house than your own wee family that's missing you. Now, that's not fair. I'm doing this for you and the kids. I wanted the house to be for us all. I don't want a house on an island in the middle of nowhere. I'm actually past caring about what happened to it. I want my husband back. Now you're just cross because you're tired. Listen, I've got to go to Bunbeg Garda Station tomorrow. I think they might have information about the house. Just one more meeting and then I'll come home. We can talk properly then. Fiona, are you still there? My uncle Robert, he was he was a wonderful artist in oils, you know, mostly Donegal. And at my grandfather's house in Port Rush, he built this lovely speedboat. And I watched him, what he did. And when I was 17, I, I built my own boat up in the attics of the house. The boat was Neville's pride and joy. Of all his possessions, it was the most precious, and he often took it out into the waters around Tory to go fishing. One night, 
I was fishing about 200 yards west of the lighthouse and I heard these swooshing sounds which sounded to me like a whale venting, you know, just a and then the water around the boat started to boil with fish jumping out of the water. I suddenly noticed this arcing in the water of a large fish and these were eight feet long tuna. I was in the middle of a shoal of tuna. Quite amazing and quite unique, you know? One of the things that really upset me was the boat that I had built, you know, was in the house and it got burnt in the fire and, and that actually upset me quite a bit. Hello? Hello, is there anybody back there? Hold your horses, I'm coming. What can I do for you? I want to report a missing house out on Tory. It's completely disappeared. A disappearing house? No, that's a new one. It's not April 1st today, you know. No, I'm being serious. Why does nobody take me seriously? My name's Neville Preshaw. I had a house on Tory Island. I left for a while and when I came back it wasn't there anymore. I'm trying to report a crime here. I thought, if nobody else is willing to help, at least the Gardaí will be interested. I'm not moving until you hear me out. You have to do something about my house. I don't have that much experience with disappearing houses myself. Look at these photos. Do you see the rubble spread all over the road? That wee bit of pipe there, clipped off so neatly? And that's my bathtub lying down by the shore. Does that look like the work of a storm to you? I don't think so. That house had been there for 150 years. A big, solid house like that doesn't just disappear overnight. I've been asking around. Nobody's giving me a straight answer. I'm not saying they're lying. I wouldn't say that. But I don't think I'm getting the whole truth out of any of them. It's the island thing. They're closing ranks. I'm a blow-in. I never really belonged on Tory, but I've lost my house. And I deserve some answers. I just want to know what happened to it. You take a look at these photos and tell me there's not something suspicious going on here. I'm not sure what I'm looking at. You're looking at a crime scene. The guards are supposed to protect the likes of me. So tell me this. What are you going to do about my house on Tory Island? Mr. Presho, I have more important things to be getting on with than worrying about your old house in Tory. Neville made six documentaries in total, including his film about Tory a film that captured a vanishing way of life. He showed men fishing, hauling nets, piling kelp, fixing boats, a way of life that was in the very blood of the Tory Islanders. For centuries, they had depended on the waters around them, celebrated in their song, their folk tales, bound up with their very existence on this rock in the middle of the ocean. But that was coming to an end. Depleted fish stocks... EU restrictions on inshore fishing and the age of the super trawlers all took their toll. While Neville was busy building his film career, islanders were looking for other ways to make an income, like tourism. As a young man, the islander Patrick Doohan had appeared in Neville's film Stacking Lobster Pots. Years later, he would plan to make money from the sea in another way, opening a hotel 
with a spectacular sea view. In 1981, Neville made his only feature film. It's called Desecration. He couldn't have known it then, but in hindsight, the film's plot seems like a strange prophecy. It's about a remote Irish island. It's about an outsider and a hotel owner. The hotel owner finds out that there could be tungsten on the island and this would be good for business. So he incites a group of islanders to go and smash up all the old man's working area. He had a little sort of shack where he was working and they smashed that and burnt it. And that's where there's a parallel between my experience and Tory, where this new hotel had a problem. And the problem was that my house blocked the sea view. And so that's why it was got rid of. There's been a king on Tory Island for centuries. No one knows for sure how or why the tradition started, but it's thought to date back to the time of Brehan Law. The Brehans were the lawmakers, the judges in early medieval Ireland. They sorted out disagreements, disputes about land, and on Tory Island, land is in short supply, inheritance often disputed. The king was the arbiter who could make peace, resolve disputes. Hello, I understand you're the king. Yes, that's nice right. Nice to meet you, Your Highness. Yeah, well, Kate Mealafortier Road, a thousand welcome, yes. <laughs> Thank you very much. Very nice to have the BBC on Tory, yes. It's a beautiful island you've got here. Yes. By the time of Neville's arrival on Tory, the role was largely ambassadorial, a public figurehead for the islanders. The last king was a man called Patsy Dan Rogers, who died in 2018 a painter and musician. He would greet tourists as they arrived by boat, play his accordion for them in the social club at night. And he was one of the people Neville had turned to for answers when he discovered his house had vanished. Ah, Neville, it'd be better if you didn't ask questions about that. I felt betrayed probably mostly by Patsy Dam, you know, who was the king of the islanders. I sort of felt... I came up against a stone wall and if anybody could have helped me or described it, it would have been Patsy because of his role as the king of the island. But the real king of Tory was Patrick Doohan because he was the one making money from his hotel. So he, he really was, you know, the king of Tory. Patsy was the king of Tory in name only. Patrick was born in the late 1950s and at the time that the house disappeared, he was in his mid-30s. Anton McCabe is a journalist from County Tyrone who wrote a book about Neville, the house that disappeared on Tory Island. But he also plays a key role in the story himself. We'll hear more about that later. The family were known as the Brainy Doohans. They were from the Ballyher or the East Town in a Tory. It's almost a rite of passage on Tory for young people to leave the island and to return some years later. 
Patrick Doohan had appeared in Neville's film about Tory as a young man, stacking lobster pots on the pier. But not long after Neville featured him in his documentary, Patrick left for London. In London, he worked as a shuttering contractor on building sites, but he also would have worked as a bouncer at nights. He had left Tory. Wrong to say poor, but his main wealth was his strength and his determination to work hard. On the island, he would have been perceived as as somebody who had been a success. Then came back to Ireland in the early 1990s. Get that in your pot. (laughs) Ah, It's good to see you. I can't believe you've been back so long and this is the first time I've clapped eyes on you. I know, I know. My fault entirely. I've been running around like a headless chicken since I got back. Have you plans afoot? (laughs) Sure you know me. I've always something on the go. Aye, I heard you're the big businessman now. Did you get a taste for it over in London? Oh, it was only small time, Shan. A few properties and rigged tenants. It wasn't an empire or anything. I just got fed up with construction and working club doors. Ah, you've done well for yourself, Pat. More power to you. And from what I've heard, you helped a fair few people out along the way. Gave them folk starts when they needed them. Turning a blind eye when the rent was overdue. Ah, it's hard getting yourself established over there. Just did what I could. You'd have done the same yourself, sure. Anyways, I'm done with the big smoke now. That's me, back in Tory, for good, I think. (laughs) I give you six weeks, Pat. You'll be bored silly out there. I'll have plenty to keep me occupied, Shan. And for building a hotel, I want to kickstart the tourism industry. The core woman, that's their sort of residence group. They know they need more visitors in the island. Tourists are good for the economy. So, all you have to do is convince them that Patrick Doohan is the man for the job. Not a problem, Shan. Here's me. <clears throat> Folks, we're sitting in a gold mine here. Imagine a lovely state-of-the-art hotel awaiting the tourists when they get off that boat. Fine dining, soft beds, ales on top, a warm Tory welcome from you lot. That view, that lovely ocean view. Folks will pay through the nose for that. They'll be coming from the States and China and Paul Avia. They'll be spending money like Billy O. You just need a decent hotel to put them up in. <laughs> You've sold it to me, Paddy boy. I'll just ring the wife and tell her to cancel the timeshare in Benidorm. We'll be holidaying on Tory from now on. <laughs> I'll drink to that. Slancha. Slancha, Mahara. While Patrick had been in London making his money and making plans for his triumphant return to Tory, Neville was also on the cusp of major success. My company was the first company to qualify for export sales relief, which means that any profits from overseas sales are tax-free. And I was also the first filmmaker to convince Chorus Tractola, the Irish Export Board, to look at film as, you know, an export. This put Neville in a powerful position. Any films made in Ireland with his company would enjoy tax-free profits in their overseas sales. He thought the major Hollywood studios would be interested. And he was right. Paramount were interested in the, in the idea until I got a call from their financial team saying, look, Neville, we can't go ahead with the deal 
Our parent company, Gulf and Western, want us to pull out of all European ventures. So she's like, I'm sorry, Neville, the deal's off, you know. It was uh, pretty disastrous because I had basically run out of money and I was in a terrible state. My gas and electricity were, were, were cut off. Facing financial ruin, Neville packed up his few belongings and left for a new life, initially in Australia, before settling in New Zealand, but not before one last visit to his house on Tory. I boarded it up and I whitewashed the whole house and then I left. By the time Patrick returned to the island with his plan to open a new hotel, Neville was already on the other side of the world. His house had been lying vacant for six years, a house with one of the best views on the island, a house that stood in the way of the hotel's view of the sea. Are you feeling a wee bit better now? Thanks, yes. <laughs> the tea helped a lot. Hmm. And having my feet back on solid ground. That boat's a nightmare when the sea's choppy. Long term, we'd be looking to improve the service for the tourists, but that's another conversation. This morning, just want to give you a taste of Tory. I know you've never been out here before. Lead on, Mr Dewan. I'm keen to see what the island has to offer tourists. The American tourists really go for all that quiet man stuff. There's so much potential on Tory. I'm glad you see that. If you fancy a look after lunch, we could head over to Mbalyahar. It's walkable. Uh, probably not in those shoes, though. <laughs> we might be safer taking the car. I'm glad you mentioned food, Mr Dewan. If tourists come to Tory, they'll need places to eat and stay. As far as I can see, you don't even have public toilets here. How are you going to cater for all these tourists? They won't be interested in roughing it. To be honest, that's why I invited you out. I have a wee proposal for Bordfalche. An investment, so to speak. Do you see that building over there? The one that looks like it's seen better days. Aye, and it has. That's Ward's Hotel. The only hotel on Tory. Now, that wee building has served us well. It's been here for over a century. It was built with stone from the monastery, back in the days when the herring boom meant fishermen needed somewhere to stay. It's part of Tory's history, but it's not fit for purpose anymore. And you've plans for it, Mr Dewan? Big plans. I want to level the place and build a new hotel on the site. All mod cons, but, but still authentically Tory, if you know what I mean. A nice restaurant, comfortable rooms, views right across and Camas Moor to Donegal beyond. Can you picture it? I think your tourists would love it. Sure, there's no place like it. Ireland's most remote hotel. It'd put Tory back in the map. It'd be a star attraction for the whole of Donegal. What about that dilapidated house opposite? Your residents won't appreciate it blocking their view. Aye, you're right. It's not ideal. The fellow who owns it's not even here. He lives on the other side of the world. The plans progress. We'll have to get it sorted out. On the 10th of November 1992, planning permission was agreed for a new 14-bedroom hotel on Tory Island. On the very same day, Neville's solicitor in Dublin received an offer from the island's cooperative, the Corcommon, to buy Neville's house on the island. 
By now, Neville had married Fiona and was living in Queenstown, New Zealand. They weren't sure if they'd ever go back. They thought about it and decided they would sell for 7000 7000 That would have been the end of it. Neville and Fiona might never have set foot on Tory again. Unfortunately, that's not what happened. They wait, but hear nothing back, and eventually forget about the offer to buy the house. What had actually happened was that when Neville's solicitor received a counter-offer of just 1000 it was so low he didn't even bother to tell Neville. Neville had no idea that less than a month later, his house would burn to the ground in mysterious circumstances. After his return to Tory and the discovery that his house had vanished, Neville felt betrayed by the islanders. In his distress, he had turned to the mainland for help. He had searched for answers all over Ireland with no luck. That is, until he commissioned an engineer to do a report on his site. Thanks for coming in today, Neville. I wanted to run you through the report myself. No problem at all, Albert. I really appreciate the time you've taken over it. Maybe now they'll listen to me. Now I have an official report from an expert. Well, first of all, I can tell you, you've definitely got grounds to take this further. There's no way that house could have been damaged to this extent in a fire or a storm. I knew it. I knew they weren't telling me everything. These photos from Donegal County Council have been invaluable. It was a good thing you thought to track them down, Neville. They've given me more than enough evidence to base my report on. So, here you can see the two gable walls are still standing. Now, in a storm, the gables would have been subjected to the greatest wind force. The fact that they've remained upright would suggest this wasn't the work of a storm. I wondered about that myself. If it wasn't a storm, what do you suggest brought my house down? Look at this photo. You can clearly see the house's internal cross wall is still intact. Well, if you put that detail together with the upstanding gables, I'd say, and I'm speaking from a structural engineering perspective here, the only thing that could have caused this amount of damage to a big, sturdy house like yours would be some kind of industrial machinery. Machinery? Aye, like the kind of machinery you'd find on a building site. Machines that are specifically designed to bring down buildings. Something like a digger? Something very much like a digger, Neville. Would there be anything of that sort on the island? The thing about it, I mean, there was only one person on the island that had a JCB, and that was Patrick Doohan. Next time... Oh, yes, you're the fella with the house on Tory. I've some information you'll want to hear. You can't go around accusing people without proof. Oh, look, I am done here. I've had enough. Why aren't you punishing them for what they've done? It's not fair. And now I have to forgive them too. It just isn't fair. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.